everyone, welcome back to the fourth annual collection of 31 amazing horror movies in October we lovingly call the Halloween Screamathon. I am your host, Otis, and tonight I am joined by Katie. Hi. And we are reviewing the 1986 American science fiction horror film, The Fly. It has two taglines. See, see how you feel about them. Be afraid, be very afraid, and something went wrong in a lab today. Very wrong. The second one is better. Isn't the first one from another movie? Nope. That's one of the fun facts. This movie made that quote. Huh. Well, they use it in every other film. Absolutely. I feel like it's a really, that's a really good tag. Just not for this movie. Because, like, it was not scary. Hit that music. The squad is working in the lab late one night when their eyes beheld an eerie sight. For the horror movie list began to grow in size and suddenly... To their surprise, watch them all. It was the scream of With no lights on. All frozen, no Spookies, everyone. This is episode 13 of the Halloween Screamathon. Hey, we made it to 13. So, just like I was saying before, uh, we watched a David Cronenberg film. Hey, it's our second Cronenberg film. There's. Ooh, I think there's six of them he's done now. Isn't this our third? Didn't you watch? Didn't he do Thanksgiving? No. I thought that was him. Mm. Okay. That was another person. <laughs> so we've done Videodrome. Thank you. I was thinking of Guido's Choice, and I was like, oh, what's the name of that movie? There's a new one that just came out. I believe it's like maybe five, six months old. What Crimes of the Future or Crimes of the Past? Something like that. Apparently, it's very absurd, and people were confused and left the theater. It's, you know, it's Cronenberg films. going to be gross as fuck, so they weren't mentally and physically prepared for it. So, every time I joke about this, if this is your first Cronenberg film, usually if you just say Cronenberg, people are like, oh, shit, because it's going to be some crazy stuff. David Cronenberg, he is known for body horror. That's his angle he goes for in movies. And he loves doing body horror, in a sense, with some type of metaphor towards things. In this movie, The Fly, his metaphor of how the main character's body changes is a, uh, I guess, a metaphor, allegory for cancer. That's what he was going for. A lot of people thought it was AIDS, because this came out in 86, around that time. And he said, if that works for you, but just disease and aging, that was his whole thing about this movie so but no if you don't know anything about the fly it stars jeff goldblum gina davis and it's actually based on a short story from 1957 and kind of didn't didn't hurt to that there was a movie in 1958 and that's the one where uh, it's been spoofed in tons of cartoons and movies where the little fly is stuck in the web is like help me help me that actually happened in the movie it's it's absurd. In this movie? No, in the the original, the first movie. Oh, okay. I was like, I've, I've, I've seen that version. I was like, it for sure didn't happen in this version. Yeah, like, help me, help me. Yeah. But, uh, Katie, what did you think about The Fly? Um, I've always liked this film. I, in my head, I think I mixed this with another film, like, simultaneously. Yeah. Um, and I can't think of what the other film is. I'll have to, like, do some research and find out, but... Um, I like it. It's okay. Uh, as far as Cronenberg goes, from what other movies I've seen, this is 
the best one. <laughs> uh, given I've only seen now two, but I've saw I saw this movie a long time ago, so I have liked it for a long time. Yeah, one day I'll show you Scanners. Well, it, you saw that trailer. When yeah, that trailer was. Michael Ironside blew that man's head up. That Scanners is a fucking journey. So, but all mm-hmm. his movies are absurd in some way. I have always enjoyed The Fly. It's a great, great movie. Uh, two thumbs up. This was one of the ones. It came out before I was born, so I was watching this. This was on cable when I was old and not old enough to watch it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I watched this on cable yeah. as well. And Back I, before anyone gave a fuck about ratings. Yeah, I remember watching the shit out of this, and I, I just always remembered the last 20 minutes is probably the wildest shit you'll see, especially when I was a kid. I was like, oh my god, he, oh, that spit does that. Ain't that a bitch? Oh my god, this is crazy shit. I, I, this movie's fun. It, it's a fun one. And I didn't even realize that the big metaphor is cancer. And he made a scene that he sees himself in the bathroom mirror. Because he said that apparently, like, that's always a big moment for people when they finally see themselves fucked up. It's usually the bathroom mirror. And they're like, oh, man. Oh, I'm not doing good. So it, there's a lot to this movie and i thought it was really fucking cool so there's a lot of really cool people that helped with this so like i said it was directed and well based on a story called the fly by george langolin i believe and it's a pretty cool story it's actually french and well the author was french and british so the names are french as hell so the music it was done by howard shore which is incredible yeah, so Lord of the Rings movies is what he's known for now, but he did a ton of stuff back in the day. And actually, Cronenberg, one of the, the caveats of this movie for him to do it is he get he got to bring his folks that always helped him with his movies. Howard Shore usually does his music, and so he's like, nah, I need my boy Howard with me if I'm doing this movie, and they're like, yeah, sure, whatever, we don't care. And... A production company that helped with this and actually paid more money for Cronenberg to actually be the director was Brooks Films. Yes, the production company by Mel Brooks. The same Mel Brooks that made a ton of spoofs and comedies uh, is making. He's not gone yet. I shouldn't have said yet. That's weird. But he was a big component with this movie becoming a thing. And he actually hid his name he he hid the fact that he helped with this because he didn't want people to think this movie was gonna be silly in any way because and i get it it's like hey we're making a remake of the fly and mel brooks is producing it they're like oh that's gonna be jokes and shit oh, okay and like no i don't want anybody to know that i'm involved with this and i'm just gonna dip out <laughs> so he helped with things the the quote be afraid be very afraid he came up with it and they were, and Cronenberg was like, damn, that's a really good fucking line. And they put it in the movie. And it's funny. It's one of those things I saw that people don't realize it's from this movie. It pops up a lot. of. It's a really good quote to just, you can use anywhere. Yeah, The Fly. This movie was the first time that that was used. So I thought that was really spiffy. I feel like this that was also done in, like, Looney Tunes. Oh, possibly. Like... In the 30s. <laughs> well, well, you find it, and then I'll edit that out. No, I, I trust, I trust. you know, what it, whatever you found that says that, but 
I feel like I've heard it more than, like, it, something older than 1986. Like, Looney Tunes wasn't really making new shit in 1986. It was all, like, super old reruns of things. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. Well, I know Elmer Fudd, he says, you know, be quiet, be very quiet. Yeah. So, that might might be what you're thinking. Maybe. Know. Who knows? So, it's funny. There were doubts about Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum? Goldblum. Bloom. Being a lead in this movie because the movie before he did this one was uh ho- not hotel transylvania transylvania six five thousand yes <laughs> so they they didn't think he could do a more serious film and, and a horror but kind of, you know this angle and they had even more doubts about gina davis because they were actually dating at the time and so they didn't it's something weird about, I don't know, couples working in the same place. And so they just were a little worried that it wasn't going to come off as a good relationship, even though they are together. It just wouldn't look right. But they did great. And Gina Davis, I love me some Gina Davis. So it's always fun to see her. Originally, Tim Burton was going to direct this movie. I, I, I could see it. It's a creepy thing. And his original idea for the main character was... Michael My, Keaton. Michael Keaton. So, so his version of the fly became Beetlejuice. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool that directors have people that are like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm bringing Bella with me. If I do this movie, Bella's going to be in it somehow. If they remake it today, Tim Burton's <laughs> Tim Burton's writing it and Johnny Depp's starring in it. Oh, yeah. And Helen Bonham Carter is Gina Davis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> so this movie... It got tons of praise and still gets praise for things. So Chris Wallace, he did the makeup and special effects for this movie. He also did the effects for Gremlins. So he had a lot of practice with, you know, having to do things kind of off camera or under and making effects happen. And he actually got an Academy Award for Best Makeup in this for this movie to see only award it got because and a lot of people think that horror movies get shafted for academy awards a lot of the time you have to be a very special horror movie to break past that because there are a lot of higher up pinky out kind of snooty folks think oh it's a horror movie oh it's nothing special somebody gonna show their titties and somebody's gonna get stabbed and that's the end of the movie We'll move on. Like, no, you should watch this. It's actually pretty amazing. So, like I said, it's it's those special ones that get awards. So, uh, people were like, that's absolutely amazing. This, It's crazy what you did with this movie. That's why Chris Wallace, his name pops up first at the end of the credits. And <laughs> after watching the movie, people would actually cheer because... You know, a special effects name is first, even before, like, the director's name. It popped up first at the end. And I saw it, I was like, son of a bitch, they did throw it out first. So I thought that was really cool. So this movie, and Katie brought it up earlier when we were watching it, this is the first theatrical film to have its broadcast premiere on Fox television, like national television. So I guess after it was in the theater, it popped up on, like, TV. Because you said that one fade out, it like oh yeah, it was, was like, de- it was cut for commercials. It yeah. was weird. Really I w- that was odd. it was super weird to see a movie that's cut for commercials. Like we watched it on HBO Max, so you would think that they have the cinematic version, 
but they didn't. They had whatever they put on, they used to put on TV that had the blackouts for commercial spaces. Yeah. It was fucking weird. Yeah, it was an odd little, like, little fade out. It was odd. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't see that normally if yeah. you were just watching a film, a streaming a film. Uh, thank you for reminding me. Yes, this bad boy, it's on HBO Max. It's it's a fun one. So if you haven't seen The Fly, uh, I didn't even tell you what it's about. Well, you've probably got it from here. But a scientist is working on making a teleporter, just like in the original story. And he gets combined with the DNA of a fly. And so it is just the, what's the word I'm looking for? Genetic splicing. Well, no, the the deterioration of his mind and body. Yeah, into becoming a fly. Yeah, hour and a half journey into what would a human body look like if... It turned into a fly. Yeah, if the DNA was fly. I'm going to say this, though. If you do not like gory or grotesque things probably don't watch this movie like you shouldn't be anywhere near any cronenberg films um (laughs) but this one is rough as like the transformation that he goes through is rough and it is it'll stick with you yeah it's award-winning rough so you know it's good it won a fucking (laughs) academy award for how rough it looked but but no this one's it's a fun fun movie it's funny, uh, Wally, he's been on this this podcast a long time ago now, but this is one of his favorite, like, movies, and we always make fun of, like, the end, because a certain character thinks he's hot shit, and certain characters show him what's up, and we always laugh, like, that dude thought he was a badass, so, like I said, uh, we'll get through this story, and then we'll talk about our favorite least favorite characters, but before that, Katie, if people wanted to tweet us about gross-ass Cronenberg films, where can they tweet us? Allentown Pod. We have an email, it is. Allentownpresents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook at Allentown Presents. I always forget I need to do that before the end, so. But no, let's get into this story, Katie. So, we meet up with Seth Brundle. It's a very nerdy-sounding name. And he is at a, what, a, a convention? Like a science convention kind of situation? Held by Bartok Science Industries. So, the original idea for this movie was Bartok, that it was going to be some type of laboratory, and they were going to, like, they, like, killed Seth, and his mind was in his computer, and then Veronica was trying to save it. It was such a weird idea up front, and so he was trying to make a new body so he could, like, be alive again. It, It was stupid. I like this idea. So Seth meets a science journalist named Veronica, or Ronnie, depending on what point in this movie it happens, but her name's Veronica. And so he tells her that he has an idea that's going to change the world, and no one else here has a cool idea. I'm the only one, so you should come back to my creepy, dirty warehouse and check out my experiment. And she's like, I guess so. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) So it's funny. I, I... this, you know, 1986 film and how people flirt, I guess. And Katie's like, mm. I just see her shaking her head from the corner. <laughs> Especially when they get to the laboratory and he's playing on a piano. And she's like, oh, I should go. 
And he's like, no, you can't leave. And Katie's like, mm. <laughs> He's like, you've seen it. I have to kill you now. She's like, mm. The red flags. <laughs> um, the red flag. I can't believe this film won an Academy Award. Was It, it was for... Just the effects. Effects. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Because the writing was garbage. Yeah, just the effects. So, yeah. <laughs> so Seth shows Veronica that he invented... A teleporter. So he's got two pods that you put an item in one of the pods, it disintegrates it and then reintegrates it into the other pod. Just like in Willy Wonka. Yeah. And just like in Galaxy Quest. <laughs> Actually it's a lot like Galaxy Quest teleporter. Well, Galaxy Quest is way later. This is Oh I know. I'm but... talking about Willy Wonka from the sixties. He was doing that shit where he took that giant candy bar and teleported it into TVs and it was tiny. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then Mike TV said, Thug Life. <laughs> he said, I want to be teleported on the TV. You're an idiot. Yeah, he's a dumbass kid. So, bang, bang. Uh, but then Veronica, she sees her pantyhose get teleported across the room. She's like, holy shit, this is actually awesome. You should tell everybody. And he's like, no, not yet. Not yet, because... I can only teleport inanimate objects, and my goal is to teleport people. That's the goal, because he actually is has a very severe case of motion sickness, so he hates driving in cars, and that's kind of a big reason why he just wants to teleport. He's like, if I can just go place and just poof there, that'd be great. So, Veronica, she meets up with him a lot more, because she's very interested in this, and I guess at some point, I think time jumps really far because they just instantly fall in love with each other and start doing it. So I, I, it couldn't have been the next day. The writing, I'm, I can't. Yeah, just, it, it, yeah, it's one of my seven words. We'll get to yeah, it. Yeah, time. Yeah, I don't understand this point. But he, Seth, starts to upgrade and he's bringing in live subjects and he puts in a baboon and the baboon gets teleported across the room. Boy, howdy, it is inside out. And just like that scene from Galaxy Quest where they're trying to work on the teleporter and Tim Allen hears that the, this monster got turned inside out. He's like, wait, did you say it got turned inside out? He's like, no, no, he didn't. What's that screaming? <laughs> uh, the same thing happens to the baboon. Its skin is gone and it's like writhing in pain. So, yeah. And Seth is uh, getting pretty frustrated about it. He's trying to figure out why the computer won't just take the thing to the next pod. So, after using stakes as a, an experiment or control, he realizes that the machine isn't just teleporting the thing across the room. It's making a synthetic version of the thing instead of just teleporting. So he uses half a stake, teleports the stake over, and Veronica takes a bite of said teleported steak, and she's like, it doesn't taste right. It doesn't taste real. And he's like, oh, so it's it, it's just making a new clone of that thing. It's not really teleporting. It's just making a clone. He's like, I have to teach the computer to realize skin, flesh. He's like, I have to teach it what flesh is and go from there. So... Around this point, Veronica, she is dealing with her editor, Stathis, a very, very shitty person in this movie. They did date back in the day. 
And so he is very salty that she is interested in anything else except him and is popping up in her apartment because he still has his key and tells her that he ain't giving the key back and we're going to get back together because that's just how it's supposed to be and telling her, hey, we should just do it and have fun, just have some sex. And she's like, no, go away. And he's like, I'll see you tomorrow and leaves. He's a terrible, terrible person. So. Seth, he is working on this and he's put in new calculations and he works it out. So his second baboon gets teleported across the room. He tells baboon, sorry for killing your brother. He's like, well, he's in a better place now, I guess. Baboon heaven. <laughs> baboon heaven, USA. So Ronnie, Veronica, God, it, it, they switch. It's, sometimes it says Veronica, he says Ronnie. So Veronica leaves because... Her editor, Stathis, is being a dickhead and is kind of threatening to spill the beans that the guy made a teleporter too early before it's working. Well, and he's going to take the credit for it. Yes. So she runs off. Like a man would. Yeah. So she runs off to work that out. And as she leaves, Seth is like, oh, he's going back to him. Oh, I'm depressed. I'm going to start drinking. You know what? I know the best way to fix this scientifical problem I have. Getting my fat ass in here myself and getting teleported. So I remember, I believe the cure for, and somebody out there knows for sure, I believe the, the cure for polio, the dad, because his daughter had polio and he was trying to figure it out, he gave it to her. He gave her the cure before it was like... Before it had been tested. Yeah, and it worked and he's like... Woo! <laughs> I'm glad that didn't kill you. I mean, that's happened for hundreds of years. Yeah, I know, but I was that's very much a thug life thing like Oh yeah. In the in the time where we have decided that that's not okay. Yeah. He, some people are still out here wild wildin and doing it themselves. Yeah, it was very much a, a thug life thing. So Seth gets in the teleporter cuz he's like, "I think I'm good. I can do this." Unfortunately, a housefly is in the pod with him. So, he teleports to the other pod just fine. Everything's good. But sadly, the fly does not leave the pod with him. The fly has been integrated into his body. The computer says it later. This is a little further down the road, but his genes and the fly's genes have been combined. (laughs) They've been spliced together. So he is half people, half fly. That ain't good. (laughs) So Seth and Veronica, they work out their problems. And she's like, no, I'm not with him. We dated back in the day. No, but I really like you. And he's like, oh, right on. (laughs) He gets a cut on his back after they have some sexy sex. And it heals up. But he had a cut on his back already. Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. But it heals up. But there's thick, gross hairs coming out of the healing cuts and Veronica's like this hair is really thick dude and it's kind of gross and he's like ow he he starts you know saying it hurts when she messes with him after this Seth feels great He, he feels awesome his theory is after getting teleported the machine took out all the bad parts of you and reconstructed you with all of the good which is actually a pretty solid theory with a teleporter because you know if it 
broke you apart, why would it put the cancer back in you? Why wouldn't it just rebuild you perfect? So that's his idea of why he feels great and why he's super strong and why he can do flips and lift himself with no problem and why he's super duper horny. <laughs> uh, at breakfast, he's drinking a cappuccino and dumps all the sugar in. So it's very much like in Men in Black when the husband's like, sugar, water, more sugar. <laughs> and Veronica's starting to see that he's kind of, he seems a lot more crazy. <laughs> so she has her her doubts about the machine and Seth wants her to go into it too because he tells her like you'll feel great after you go into the teleporter and she's like nah I'm good chief I don't want to do that and he's like why and he's like because you're kind of crazy now and he's like but oh you want to be you want to be part of this club the cool kids club that went into the teleporter you can get the hell out <laughs> I'll find someone else to go into the teleporter with blackjack and hookers so he kicks her out so Seth goes into a bar walks around and he hops into an arm wrestling match with this big burly dude. He's an actual Canadian boxer. He actually went up against Muhammad Ali back in the day. That's wild. Yeah. And breaks the man's arm. <laughs> Snaps that shit like it's cookie dough. So he grabs the girlfriend and, well, he, they bet that, you know, he could easily beat Seth. Because Seth, Jeff Goldblum's not a string bean in this. He looks kind of buff. But the guy, he's he's a yoked fucking guy. So, you know, he takes the girl back to his warehouse. And then they do it. And Seth tries to get her to go into the teleporter. And she's like, nah, that's weird. And then, little by little, you can see that Seth, his skin is starting to get spots on it. And he just looks weird. Like, he's getting sores on his body. And that cut on his back, the hairs are getting longer. And then there's like little pus balls where the cuts are so he is trying to force the girl into it tawny is her name trying to force tawny into the teleporter and then veronica pops up and seth throws everybody out at that point so this is this is the point y'all this is kind of the that hard left turn seth finally looks at himself in the mirror and he's like oh shit i don't look that good his fingernails start coming off and then he kind of squeezes his fingers, the tips, and liquid starts coming out of them. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> he, he's starting to get a little confused. He checks the computer, and then he, he realizes that the, tel the teleporters, they, they saw two life forms in the teleporter. And so they said, fuck it, and just combined them together in the other pod. And so he's like, oh, shit. So... Seth is thinking that this is like a super cancer that I have. And he's like, well, you know, insect DNA shouldn't be with it. People DNA. So my body is just falling apart and I'm going to die. So after a few weeks, uh, he doesn't talk to Veronica for like a month. He calls her over. And he's like, I really need your help. And he realizes that he's slowly becoming a hybrid. He's people and fly. And he names himself a Brundlefly. And he seems to be kinda kinda cool with things at this point. And he realizes that to eat sweet things, he has donuts and candy bars everywhere in, in his apartment. He can't just chew it. 
in chewing food, it hurts. In digesting, he can't digest chunks of meat. He has to vomit on the food and melt it down and then drink up the liquid. And he does it on camera because he's now documenting all the changes in his body. Sweet, sweet Jesus. For science. Yeah. And he learns that he can cling to walls now. And he calls Veronica over. And he's just climbing on the walls, just like, hey, how's it going? Like a more realistic interpretation of what would happen if someone was genetically fucked up from a spider. Yeah, yeah, you would, you'd, it'd be bad. Yeah. <laughs> so he's starting to kind of not be in control sometimes. He has a donut in front of him, and he just instinctively spits on it to melt it down. And Veronica's like, what the fuck are you doing? And he catches himself, and he's like, oh, you probably didn't want to see that. And he's like, what? What? So, at that point, I'd be like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go. So, Seth is working on a new program with his computer because he wants to slow down the fly DNA in his body because he didn't want it to get too much out of control. He he enjoys where he is right now. His skin is lumpy and it's like brown, but he feels great and he doesn't feel like he's dying anymore. So he just kind of wants it to stop right now. Around this point, Veronica, she discovers she's pregnant <laughs> with Seth's baby. So, this they had sex before and after he went to the teleporter. So, it's a pretty good chance that baby has fly DNA. Yeah, they had like a 12-hour sex session where he just was like, I could keep going. Well, let's keep going. I was like, girl, you better quit. Yeah. Your shit fucked up. It's, it's, it's rough. So, she talks to Stathis. Her shitty, shitty friend, I guess. And she wants to get an abortion in the middle of the night. And so they go head out to a doctor. And Seth overhears this. And so he heads to the doctor's, flies through the glass window, and snatches up Veronica and takes her back to the warehouse. So now he's got a plan. He tells her, hey, just have the kid because this is the last piece of my humanity because I'm 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 pretty much a fly now <laughs> and I have a plan. And so we meet up with Stathis as Wally called him Captain Savaho. He comes in with a shotgun in his hand into the lab. But Seth drops down on him, grabs his fist and spits on it and melts his fucking hand off. Stathis falls to the ground and he's trying to drag the shotgun over to him with his foot and then Seth grabs his leg and spits on it and melts his foot off so yeah Stathis is just like trying not to go into shock <laughs> so he's gone and Seth tells Veronica hey I got a plan I got three teleporters now I'm gonna put you in one of them I'm gonna go in the other teleporter and then we'll just and we'll combine and meet up and just be a cool new combination in the third teleporter. And hopefully, your humanity and that little baby's humanity will be enough to counteract all the fly humanity I got in my body. That's a weird plan, but he's crazy. So, And he says we'll be the ultimate family. And she's freaking out because I don't want to be combined with a person. And she actually tears his jaw off. It wasn't hard to do. It seemed like it was held together by wet tape. So his... It just falls off. His jaw just completely falls off easily. And that triggers his final transformation, y'all. 
And like I said, this is the last 20 minutes. This is the part where it just gets absolutely wild. His skin just starts falling off. And he and his legs just extend. Yeah. Everything, Every, yeah. Everything's growing out of his body. Like, he is becoming a six-foot-tall fly. And his additional legs and things are popping out of the body that he already has. Yeah. So, it's, it's uh, getting wild, guys. It's It looks really fucking cool. <laughs> So Seth or Brundlefly at this point puts Veronica in the first teleporter and he puts himself in the other and the countdown starts. Here old Captain Savaho, he ain't dead. He's he's hurting. He picks up the shotgun and he shoots the cables connecting Veronica's teleporter to the other ones. And so the teleporter only uses Brundlefly's teleporter and puts him into the third one. Unfortunately, he starts breaking out because he sees that everything's falling apart. So part of the teleporter and him get combined and put into the third teleporter. And so his bottom half is just pieces of metal mixed with flesh. That's some Cronenberg right there. He loves flesh and flesh and mechanical parts. That's his favorite thing to do. And so Brundlefly starts crawling out of the pod. Fucked up real good. Veronica picks up the shotgun, and the Brundlefly actually grabs the end of the shotgun and puts it to his head. He, like, begs her, basically. Yeah, and Veronica pulls it away, but then she finally blows his head off. Peels his muffin cap back, blue. And Seth is dead. And then the movie ends with her crying. So Trash. Katie was like, that was a weird-ass ending. I was like, yes, but they had other endings, and they and weren't. the other endings were also trash. Yeah, they, it, it was it was trash. I came up with one on the fly list <laughs> as we were ending the movie. I was like, all they had to do was this thing. <laughs> Fucking stupid. So in the other endings, they Veronica actually gets back with Stathis, and it's like, what? He's a bad person. But hey, we talk about this all the time in horror movies. Struggle, man. Struggle gets you back. Struggle is love, apparently, in horror movies. And then there's another one where she keeps the baby, and she has a dream that the baby has butterfly wings. And so, I guess it's an upbeat idea that maybe the baby won't be bad. But they made a fly, too. So, And it, he ain't good. But that shouldn't have been the ending. That shouldn't have been what the ending was. She, after crying her eyes out after killing the man she loved, who was no longer a man... She walks out of that house straight back to the doctor and gets that abortion or just flings herself down the stairs <laughs> because that's how it should have ended. She wanted that abortion. She should have got that abortion. Yeah. And in no way, shape or form should she have gotten back with what's his fucking head. Like, no, just yeah. end it with Gina Davis being a strong, independent fucking woman and taking her destiny into her own goddamn hands. Yeah. I, I wouldn't go to term with a potential evil fly baby. It might not be evil, but he wasn't evil. But it, that fly in his brain sure made him want to do some wild shit. So, yeah. And like I said, they made a sequel. So, yeah. I believe his name was Martin. And he was he was a bad kid just like his dad. So, it wasn't instant. He got to like five years old and then his body started multi like speeding up. So he became an adult, like, I think after, like, a, another year or something. Makes He's sense. He's, like, a grown-ass flies man. go from, like, was he born a maggot? 
No, I think he everything he was born normal, and then his body just started speeding up when he got to like five years old. Garbage. I watched it once, and I was like, "This ain't good." <laughs> it doesn't sound good. It sounds yeah. like a shit idea. Was it also Cronenberg or was it somebody else? Uh, I don't think he helped with the second one. Okay. Uh, actually, he said he, the way he set this movies up, there shouldn't be sequels. There, it shouldn't be just the way no, he does fair. them. He's like, there's there should be no reason to. But he he leaves, and then they make sequels out of things, and they're not good. And it's like, yeah, because it wasn't supposed to keep going, dickheads. So there were there were a few scenes that they left out because people were like, wow, like Seth's the dickhead. So there was one scene where he was trying to combine animals, and he combines a monkey and a cat, and so it was like a weird lump of monkey and a cat, and he kills it with a pipe in his hand. And they show him mush up the thing. And people in the test screen were like... Kitty monkey. Yeah. <laughs> Kitty monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta kill this abomination. Kitty monkey. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, everybody's like, he's the he's the lead? I don't give I a mean, fuck about him anymore. He's the dad from Full Metal Alchemist who created <laughs> that girl dog. So... I knew the dickhead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Easily the worst character in all of Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, yeah. That fucking dad. People will never. The most cursed cosplay that that some people. I saw someone have their daughter. I know, it's horrible. Why would you choose that? Just, oh, God. No. There's another reminder Mayhews is the best character in Full Metal Alchemist. He's a badass, and he died. Died like a G. (laughs) His daughter was so sad at the funeral. Anyway, anyway, Full Metal Alchemist is really, really good. So, Katie, who was your favorite character in The Fly? The Insanity. Damn. She said the wildness. The wildness of this movie was my favorite thing about it. Um, and I'm not going to name a fa- an actual character because I don't think there was a there was a favorite character in this movie for me. That's understandable. Everybody in this movie just had issues. Nobody was right. But I don't know. It's an odd one. So I went with the special effects. They were fucking amazing in this movie. I I always have a great time when I see it. I'm like, damn, this movie's wild as fuck, you know? And like I told Katie, the last 20 minutes is my favorite part, man. When he turns into the for real fly, and I was like, fuck. So there were more ideas they wanted. They wanted him actually flying around and doing stuff, but they were like, yeah, we don't got that much money. Uh, that's It's more time and stuff. They wanted to remake this movie in 2007, and it was going to be... Also Jeff Goldblum, because that'd be hilarious. Uh, not Chris Pine. Ooh. Uh, Hemsworth? Or Brad Pitt, I believe. That's what they were aiming for. Mm. Brad Pitt. And then they were going to have... The third act was him as a fly, but it was going to be like him in town just like destroying people. Yeah, more Godzilla-esque yeah. rather than... Yeah. That, that was going to be their goal, but it never came to be. I don't hate that. Which is... I'm fine with it. They don't need to remake this. At some point, they will. I wouldn't mind if they remade this, because I think uh, prosthetic effects and just general science has moved so far forward from the point where this movie was made that it would be a lot more believable. Oh, like, yeah. Like, in this movie, he's... Jeff Goldblum's character, Seth... His fucking computer that controls these two telepods uh, is voice controlled. And like... That's pretty legit. In 1986, 
voice-controlled telepods. My fucking phone can't even, like, record my, like, voice-to-text correctly in the year 2022. So... Get the fuck out of here with trying to make me believe that 1986 had accurate voice recognition software. In the year of our fly lord. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, in the year of Jeff Goldblum, 2022. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. Jeff Goldblum's awesome. So, who was your least favorite character and why is it Stathis? Stathis was the most creepy, rapey, horrible ex-boyfriend that you've ever seen in a movie. Um, Just imagine, like, take any of those characters that you've ever seen in any movie and combine them all, and that is fucking Stathis. Not only was he her ex who was stalking her and refused to give up the key to her apartment so he could just randomly pop over and be naked in her house and, quote, check up on her in case she might want the D. Um, (laughs) And, like, not only that, but he was also her boss, so he was in a position of power fucking up and messing with his fucking subordinate. He was terrible. And then... After she came to the conclusion, like, dude, Seth's, like, he's on the right fucking track. He's going to do some crazy ass shit with these telepods. Like, science is about to make this crazy breakthrough. It's going to be awesome. Stathis was like, mm, honey, that sounds great. Let me just uh, put my name on it. Let's scribble out yours. We're going to put mine on it. This is my work now. I'm the one who did some... I did some slight digging, and I found out who Seth was before all of this happened, and now it's my work. Go fuck yourself, Stathis. You are trash, and I'm glad that you got your arm and your fucking leg spit up on. Acid spit on. Yeah. Trash. He got melted. You're trash. Crazy good. Otis, why do you hate Stathis? You kind of beat me to it. He's not a good character, and even at the end, when he came with a shotgun... He didn't come to, like, I don't know, be a good person. He's like, I, I don't know. It, it seems selfish even what he, the reason he came. And then he came with a shotgun and he didn't even do work with it. Get, got easily jumped and then he held the shotgun in front of Seth and then Seth just moved it out the way. Didn't even, like, move fast. He was just like, yeah, get that out of my face. And it spit on his hand. I was like, <laughs> I'm coming in. I'm like, okay, Katie just got kidnapped by Fly Bella. I got to save her. I see Fly Bella. I'm blowing, uh, peeling some shit away. I'm like, I'm sorry, Bella. I love you, but you, you got to stop. So I, it, it was just really dumb. It was a waste of energy, you know. So I'm surprised he didn't fucking die because he's about to get his face melted off. But Veronica saved him. So, like I said, I was really surprised that he. Uh, well, I guess he had to stay alive to save her. So I guess. But I was really surprised he did not fucking die in this movie. So. But yeah, you know, Staff was, was he was crap. So Okay, Katie, let's do seven word synopsis. So I got two of them. My first one is Cronenberg, you crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> and my second one is, hey, get in the teleporter. Fuck you. <laughs> if if scientist Bella with a cute little lab coat 
was like, hey, y'all, I went through this teleporter. I feel great. I'm doing backflips now. Y'all should go in, too. You're like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> She's like, nah, seriously, get in. And starts pushing us toward the teleporter. I'm like, Belly, you better get your little hand off me. I'm not going that goddamn thing. Maybe we should watch you for like a month and make sure your body is fine. Oh, you did it 10 minutes ago and you feel good? You want us to do it? Nah, you're going to eat my ass. I'm not getting that goddamn thing. It rips you apart and puts you back together? Hey, fuck you, man. Like, the second he did it, Katie was like, oh, so the baboon did it an hour before and you're cool with it now? I'm like, no, maybe you should watch the baboon for like, a, I would say a week. Hey, baboon, you good? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. Oh, you can talk. Cool. That's scary. <laughs> hey, Ricky, you good? Yeah, I'm fine. Otis. Oh, shit. <laughs> No, I, there, there are steps to doing scary science things, and I'm not jumping in something instantly after you did it. That's stupid. Katie. Uh, speaking of fu- the fucking baboons, why wouldn't you start with fucking rats? <laughs> he literally was like, let me try sending this steak across the room. Oh, that didn't work. Okay. Let's try a fucking baboon. You just... What? What? Why wouldn't you start with something much smaller? Mice. Rats. Like, even, like, cats or dogs. Baboons are fucking huge. And they're violent as shit. So, why? Fucking... Otis read a fun fact that the baboon was wild as shit on set. Because, guess what? Baboons are territorial as fuck. And we'll rip your face off. Like, why? (laughs) Why? Cronenberg, that was a bad choice. Speaking of, Cronenberg is terrible at writing female characters. Yeah. I wonder... It took 30 seconds into this film for me to be like, yikes, Cronenberg. Jesus... Gina Davis's character and women everywhere would never have said that. (laughs) Like... I'm curious if he's gotten better with the like the newest one because it's got Viggo Mortensen and then uh like three really famous like actresses in it. So I'm curious if he's gotten better with the dialogue. I don't know. I feel like the male dialogue was okay in this movie. It wasn't great, but it was okay. Gina Davis's was so out of character for any woman that has ever walked the face of this earth. Like, she was saying some wild-ass shit and going along with some wild-ass shit. Like, especially that this took place in the 80s. Like, come on, girl, you knew better. (laughs) You knew better. You drove him to his fucking... uh, science lab that was on like the 17th floor of an abandoned warehouse in the scary part of town why the fuck did you go up there with him and why did you stay like what she wanted to see some cool shit what she saw some cool shit yeah and then immediately was in love with him oh fuck me you made my stocking move 10 feet across the fucking room no (laughs) no one's ever moved my stocking like that Trash. Let's do it. Okay, my last one. Jealous Jeff drinks, jeopardizes journalist and life. Hell yeah. Oh, Bella's sleepy now. She did all her running. She got them zooms out. She ran away from that fucking fly in her head. (laughs) (laughs) So, minority kill count. That's a big old zero. Yep, everybody was white. So, the number is still at 238 and a Tito Turtle in a house full of vampires. I wrote a little 
square and a triangle. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to do. Two T's and a square and a triangle. <laughs> so this film came out August 15th, 1986. It's older than us. So, Katie, what do you think the budget was for The Fly? I said $5 dues. That's not bad. And to justify that, because it does seem low for a Jeff Goldblum film slash a Gina Davis film, I'm going to remind everyone that Jeff Goldblum was not famous at this point. He had only done, really, uh, Transylvania 6 5000, which is a horrible comedy that we love that no one else has seen unless you've... <laughs> Please tell me you've seen it. You guys should all be watching it. And Gina Davis, who hadn't yet hit giant stardom. Like, this movie kind of propelled her into giant stardom. So I'm going to go with low budget, because there was like four people in this whole movie, and I hadn't heard of anyone but Jeff Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis. So So the budget was, it was kind of in a bubble of $9 to $15 redos. Okay. So it's in that zone. So more than I expected. So, but you got to remember with Cronenberg... Probably a ton of the budget and effort was with the with the effects. I know that. You I know. St- but it was the eighties. It was eighty six. Yeah. So I still expected the it seems effects a bit high. to be lower, yeah. like it, it cheaper. Seems, it seems a bit high, but I'm just what we got. I was like, because it's not that many different locations. Yeah. So I was like, oh, all that money is just fucking like uh, the makeup that Jeff Goldblum had on him was around five pounds just on his body, and the later scenes where he looked even worse. It just got heavier and heavier, and it, apparently a lot of the face makeup just like dragged his eyelids down, and he had the actually yeah he was doing some weird like blinky yeah, yeah. thing. It helped like make you think of a fly yeah for sure. And then he actually had to work with a speech like pathologist because he had so much bullshit in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, it was so hard Those for him to actually teeth. like enunciate right. Yeah, so he had to like relearn how to talk. That to makes do sense. This. Yeah. yeah, it's so much effort was put into this movie to make it look the way it did. So, yeah, it's crazy. And they had to leave stuff out because they just ran out of time. So there would have been even more crazy shit. Yeah, uh, Monkey Kitty, we didn't get that because they kind of ran out of time to do it. And it was like a wild ass scene. So they yeah. they couldn't go back and fix it. Uh, the hand that melted, it was actually a slower effect of it melting but then it just Cronenberg was like, it eh, don't look right. So they sped it up. So he's like, yeah, that looks better. That was pretty common in the 80s. Yeah. Like when you think of, um, what's his name? Not Dr. Doom. In From Roger Rabbit. When, oh, he, when he like melts. Judge, Judge Doom. Judge Doom. Yeah. Uh, when he melts, they, they do the same thing. That weird like melty face thing. They did it in Indiana Jones too where you just like melt people melt oh, down yeah. to skeletons. Yeah. <laughs> but they make it go super fast. They just like make car- things out of wax and then they burn them and then they speed the footage up so it looks like they're just melting hella quick. Oh yeah. When they looked at the Ark of the Covenant and just like blah blah. I was like yep. god damn that skeleton went away fast. Yep. <laughs> don't look at it baby. Don't look at it. That's all you gotta do. God won't hurt you if you don't look at Just it. Just like all the people at the beginning of Terminator 2. Oh, man. They turned to skeletons <laughs> so fast. <laughs> Linda Hamilton's skeleton was screaming. I was like, God dang. Yeah, that shit was wild. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Minority kill count. No one of color died in this. I mean, Brundlefly was pretty dark, but he, I guess he was a minority in this well, movie. box office. Yes. So what do you think the box office was? $15 dues. Sixty point six dollar he does. See, and fifteen was even high. Like I was yeah. thinking, it was high because Cronenberg just 
He's not a name where you're like, yeah, I gotta go see that. Like, where a lot of people were like, yes, let me go see this weird gory <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like, that's a lot of fucking money. But I think the power of that... There was a movie with Vincent Price called The Fly, and people kind of knew this. Knew yeah, it had like na- like a previous recognition. That's like that makes sense. It's like The Mummy by David Cronenberg, and they're like, "Oh, it's The Mummy," and they're like, "What the fuck kind of mummy is this?" You know, you already got him in the seats. They ain't gonna get ask the money back. So, but no, I. It's funny. I saw a fun fact. So, Cronenberg uh, he actually sent a message to Vincent Price because he was involved with the first Fly movie. And he asked him, like, hey, I love your version, and I hope you really love my version. And Vincent Price, he said, it was really good up until a point. And then it just, it was a lot. And I was like, yeah, probably the last 20 minutes. That's surprising <laughs> that Vincent Price would have a problem with it, though, because he's, like... Well, it seemed like he, he didn't have a problem so with it. He just, like, it was just, like, really crazy. Well, yeah. Someone turning into a fly would be fucking crazy. So. And then at the end, when he looked like his body was, like part metal and shit and he was dragging himself out like it just got crazy at the end so for someone a, like traditional horror person that was like what the fuck am i watching like this is a lot so i like i get it man cronenberg shit is very graphic body horror man like he's the one that started body horror that's why the thing looks the way it does they're like this shit's wild because that motherfucker did it first so i'm doing it too you know i never thought i'd see a body open up and use bones as teeth to eat a man's arms away you know but the thing did it so god damn it you know <laughs> so with that uh do you have anything else to say about the fly no i don't think so i think it's a good film um if you're okay with like the kind of grotesque horror yeah. it's not scary um, in a traditional sense, like, there's not things jumping out at you, there's not, like, it's not really suspenseful, you know, there's yeah. not any of that, and it's not, like, no one is attacking people with, like, knives or guns or whatever, like, it's not, it's not one of those. Just physically scary. It is, Just... yeah, it's the physical transformation of someone turning from a normal human into a human-sized insect. Yeah. Um, and... Also, throwing up. If you have a weird thing with throwing up, this movie's gonna fuck <laughs> you up. There's a lot of throw up in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's not scary unless you don't like people pulling fingernails off and teeth falling out of people's mouths. Yeah. And it's fucking horrifying, you know? Yeah, it's it's creepy in that sense. Yeah. Like, it's gonna make you cringe a lot. It, it's legit watching a body, honestly, well, the big metaphor was cancer. It's like watching a body go through cancer really fast. Honestly, that's what you're watching. It's falling apart. It's crazy, but it's it's good. It's a good fucking movie. So, with that, that is the end of this episode. So, if you have any of the cool fun facts about flies and why we shouldn't fucking combine people with things, you can tweet us at Alan We have an email with it. Alan at Facebook at Alan So that was episode thirteen. Hey, look like we made it. So, yeah, I, I'm telling you, I remember the song, but it didn't happen. I didn't either. <laughs> so, we're, we're, we're heading down that road, so we got, what, 18 more episodes, and we got a couple of new ones popping up. Hey, Halloween is baby. So, I'm very excited. Oh, there's some good ones coming up, so, like always, thank you so much for listening. 
and we'll be back tomorrow with another scary film. Okay, bye guys. Bye. was the match of the night but our marathon was almost out of fright not before we had a survivor's choice the scene where the hocus pocus made them rejoice it was the scream of those no lights on all pros no cons it was the scream of those <laughs> Hey, Katie, if, I don't know, if my head was a fly head, how fast would it take you to kill me? Uh, if your head was, like, human size and a fly head, or if it shrunk down to fly size? <laughs> <laughs> my brain went two places. <laughs> okay, if I walked in with a tiny fly head, what would you do? Smack it. <laughs> so I'd be dead. Okay, what about if it was a people-sized fly head? Ask it questions, because probably you're wearing prosthetics. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's an episode of the uh, Halloween episode from The Simpsons, and that happens to Bart. I remember. And Marge just hitting the fly head with a broom. <laughs> he was just like, that, that, that. He I couldn't. Remember. Yeah. It's fucking scary. Help me. Yeah. Help me. If you came in, if you just stood there at the door just with your fly head, and you started walking toward me, I, I would I'd try to kick you back. I, I wouldn't know what the I'd like get back. I don't know. Well, it that. depends. Can the fly head talk or is it just a fly? Uh, it probably can't talk. Don't got a mouth. A talking mouth. Well, then I would ask it questions while it's far away from me. And if you don't start <laughs> answering questions, we're going to have a fucking problem. <laughs> hey, how'd you end up like that? Step, 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 step. <laughs> just pick up something heavy. For sure. I know where Pipey is. <laughs> That'd be so terrifying. Speaking of pipes, wait till you hear our next movie. Oh, hell yeah. There's a whole lot of pipes in that. Okay, bye guys. Bye.